All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great Lakes Permaculture Design Collaborative Podcast. I'm Milton Dixon, and I'm here with William Faith. And I'm Rhonda Baird. We've been getting together and trying to push the edges of what we can do with computers and media and working together. To innovate permaculture practices and design and education. So, welcome. GLPDC.info. Welcome to the GLPDC podcast. I'm William Faith, here with my colleagues Rhonda Baird and Milton Dixon. And we have a guest this evening. This is David Stoddher. Over to you, David. Thanks, William. I guess in a sense of transparency, the three of you are my teachers for not just my PDC, but an advanced PDC that were held in the Chicago region. And I'm happy to be here to talk to you three about permaculture. What I'd like to do is ask you one at a time to introduce yourself, where you live, and what's something you're currently working on in permaculture. So my name is Rhonda Baird, and I live in Bloomington, Indiana. And I have a new project, among other projects, uh, where I am working with a citizens advocacy group to redevelop what's going to be the old hospital site, it's 23 acres, into sort of an urban hub. And they'd like to see it have a lot of ecological and people care components in it. So that's a new project for me. Okay. William? All right, William Faith. I'm in Chicago, Illinois. And the project I'm working on right now, it's been an ongoing project for some time, but it's an intentional community project right here in the city. It's an urban-focused permaculture sort of eco-village project that has been in development for some time. It's still ongoing. David, you might know something about that, being that you're involved. But that's been one for a long time. Currently working on a microgreens operation and then also looking forward to a PDC that we have coming up this year. That's me. Milton? I'm uh, C. Milton Dixon, I guess, if you're looking for the official. And uh, I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. A couple projects maybe I got going on. Uh, the Cooperative of Don Farm is stewarding 64 acres for a, an alcohol uh, addiction residential treatment facility. And then the other one, still kind of just budding, we'll call it uh, experimental soul permaculture. So, and, and I like to cause trouble. I mean, that's, that's kind of sums it all up. So. <laughs> okay. How did the three of you get together? Oh, I'm, I'm the latecomer. So okay. Milton and William can clarify. I met both of them at the first North American Permaculture Convergence in 2014 in Minnesota. And they had already connected and were trying to connect around Chicago permaculture and we're looking at holding a course together. And later that year, because I'd only been teaching with one team for a number of years, I reached out to see if I might join the teaching team and that worked. And so we've been collaborating since 2016, 2015. I'm not sure which year we started. We started in 2015. We were okay. We were definitely crunching out the videos, I think. Yeah. So we started we started meeting online, sort of exactly like this conversation, and doing having meetings about twice a week for since twenty fifteen. 
I think the initial ask from Rhonda came in in 2014, and that's when we kind of started things rolling. We had a PDC that didn't wind up making that year, but that set the wheels in motion and kind of brought us back to square one where we sort of got into the mode that we followed ever since. Okay. And, uh, and William and I met at a Chicago Land Permaculture meetup. It was at uh, the Rainforest. No. What, what was it called? Heartland Cafe. Rogers Heartland Park. Cafe. Is that the hippie place in Rogers Park? Yeah, we just had a little lunch there. And there William appeared and he said, I'm fresh from California. And uh, off we went, I guess. He's like, what's going on on this scene? Uh, Worth pointing out, Milton was pointed out to me as the person to know around permaculture in the city of Chicago at that time. And he was the one stewarding the Chicago and permaculture meetup. He already had a community that was kind of thriving and moving and shaking in Chicago. So I just really connected with him and what was going on there. And uh, he was very welcoming and supportive and things just developed from there. Cool. Sad to say, uh, Milton, that Heartland Cafe is gone. That's I, just what I heard earlier today. So it's a bummer. How did you guys, how did you each individually, we'll start with Milton this time. How did you get introduced to permaculture? Not with each other, but originally, how did it come to your attention? And um, who did you learn it from? So uh, I started, I know that I stumbled across the word permaculture in my um, mining of the internet, uh, you know, way back, way back in the day, I, probably around 2001, actually thinking about it, but didn't actually end up doing anything about it until I heard Bill Wilson speak of Midwest permaculture. And I weaseled my way into their, their workings, see, seeing that they had a need and that I could fulfill it and started doing that. I did a PDC with Wayne Wiseman, back when he was working with Midwest Permaculture and, and Bill Wilson was there too. And then I, I did a teacher training with David Jackie and did a lot of PDCs with Bill Wilson, uh, helped him out running those. So, so that's probably my personal lineage. Okay. William? For me, I first heard about permaculture through a friend of mine who I knew from social activism and anarchist circles. And He had very lovingly curated a selection of clips and programs that he collected for me off of cable TV, PBS, and all the stuff, things that he thought I would specifically be interested in. And one of those things was a piece on permaculture, this thing called permaculture, that I saw these uh, Mexican punks, this collective called Tierra Viva, doing where they were going from village to village and teaching them how to uh, sort of bioremediate water and doing this thing called cob to cover over cement walls that you know these children were breathing in the cement dust and uh, and they were teaching a way to cover it and uh, and ameliorate that issue and it was really really exciting to me and so you know as a product of the age i googled permaculture and loads and loads of stuff came up and you know got a book that night and then took a one day intro to permaculture at the permaculture institute in northern california with james stark and then moved from that whole experience i went and i took my full pdc at the farm in tennessee at the eco village training center and albert bates was the main teacher along with scott horton and andrew goodhart brown and that was how i got my feet wet that was back in 2006. 
Rhonda? Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was thinking about this. So I probably came across permaculture in environmental organizing and research. I was doing a, a research paper on modernism in like 1998, but I probably ran across it before then. Uh, and I was looking for ecological responses to modernization and modernism and post-industrial thought. Anyway, so I didn't really find a community. It didn't connect with me. And then I uh, was dancing all around it for years, doing environmental organizing and social justice organizing and things. And then I was in the religious studies department, Indiana University and dropping out of academia again. And the department owed me tuition for the summer because I had been an assistant instructor. So I decided to take this permaculture course, whatever that was, down at my friend's 200 acre place out in the woods. And I took my course in 2005 and pretty much just took the deep dive right into permaculture from then on. So my teachers at that course were Peter Bain and Keith Johnson. And I did advanced training, teacher training with Peter Bain and Andrew Goodhart Brown and taught with Andrew Goodhart Brown a couple of times as well. So, and Scott Horton. So, so got to connect that way. So that's me. Cool. I want to back up a second. So you guys met at a permaculture, the three of you met at a permaculture conference, you said, correct? And how did you guys know what you guys wanted to work together? Like what clicked? What was, you probably met a lot of people and you guys are all in different areas now, well, except you two are in, were in the Chicago area at the time, but Rhonda, you were in Indiana. Mm -hmm. How did you guys know, like what clicked? What said, I want to work with you guys? Well, Milton was serving coffee every morning. <laughs> so, so we got to connect over whether there was coffee, uh, which is a strong, you know, need on my part, first thing in the morning, so <laughs> we'd show up. So anyway. Um, that, that was a strategic move on my part yeah. to, to just kind of network and yeah. yeah, I think it paid off. Yeah. So we, we, we connected over coffee, the coffee line, and, and then I... I just, I remember how easy it was to talk to William. I mean, there's hundreds of people at this conference, Convergence, and everybody's got their agenda and a little bit of warm-hearted recognition, but I just remember having some really fantastic conversations. So that's, that was it for me. It was like, this is someone who shares a lot of values, has a lot of vision, is easy to work with, easy to connect with. So that was an attraction for me, for sure. Yeah. Okay. William, I don't think you drink coffee, so how did you... How did this all come about for you? Well, uh, yeah, Milton and I, I mean, we drove out, uh, or rather we drove back. I came in separate, but we planned to meet there. We shared a tent, <laughs> a very, very small tent uh, at the Convergence together and a very small flooded tent. Yeah, I mean, it looked like we were trying to start a family, but for the most part, it was, uh, Milton and I had already planned to launch a PDC together. So that, that was kind of in process. And uh, we just, you know, it, it was a very organic kind of thing that's started from just hanging out in Chicago at meetups and 
both recognizing in each other that we want to, you know, do things and kind of uh, expand, expand uh, the permaculture community in Chicago. And it was uh, kind of a, a real surprise to both of us that there just never been a PDC in the city of Chicago at that time. So we set about kind of designing the PDC that we would have wanted to take when we were you know, first coming into it with that as our sort of idea. And then when we were trying to put that PDC together and then I met with Rhonda at NAPC and it, I remember specifically there was a PINA, Permaculture Institute of North America, a session that was going on and we were both there kind of supporting that effort and we were pushed together in a bioregional group and that sort of, you know, forced us to talk to our neighbors. And, and uh, so that was when Ron and I just shared some back and forth and also talked to Jody and Michelle from Resiliency Institute and some other people that were around that we hadn't, that I hadn't connected with before. And so that was kind of like, oh, you're doing this, we're doing this, blah, blah, blah. But I noticed with Rhonda immediately that very easy to talk to, very friendly. And, uh, and so when she approached later and said, hey, you know, would you be interested in yada, 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 that was, it was a no brainer. It was really, really easy. And it's been just uh, from there that just the synergy is between us because we're three very, very different people. And that to me is the coolest part about it. That's one of the things I love about permaculture most is you get to have conversations and be involved in people's lives that you ordinarily would just never have purpose or cause to meet. And so that, that's been fun to me. That's something that I actually kind of go into this looking for. I think it was just fortunate that after meeting Rhonda, William, I'm meeting Rhonda. And then we had this kind of opportunity that we could open it up and that she could participate in. And I think it's important to realize that it takes those opportunities to sometimes to make those connections. If we hadn't had that available, even meeting Rhonda, I don't think it would have materialized, you know, on its own necessarily. But but uh, those fortuitous events that just kind of uh, happen, the tessellations in the space-time reality, you know, yeah. I think William might have mentioned it earlier that you guys started putting together a PDC and it didn't take off. It didn't happen. Was Rhonda part of that when you guys were doing that? Was she already in the mix or no? Rhonda came into that. At that point, we had another teacher that was kind of going to lead the course. And then the design that Milton and I had come up with for it, we had a couple of go-arounds before we actually just got the right chemistry for it. But we were trying a different schedule and that one in particular had more interest than the previous one that didn't work, but just not enough to make it go. And so Rhonda was involved in that one. She was part of the teaching team for that one. But then at the end, it wasn't getting there. But just shy of that, just before we decided to call it a day with that one, the lead teacher had said, why don't the three of you go on and do this without me and try to make it more cost effective? And then inadvertently, that led to the three of us just becoming a team and, and opting to go it alone. And then being a lot more free to experiment and kind of shape it to our experience and tastes. And so that's, that's how that worked. Yeah. And I would say at this point, I've been teaching for 10 years. Melton, I don't know exactly how long you've been teaching or how many courses you'd done at that point, but you, you had several you had experience with as well. And, and William, it wasn't your first course either. So, it, you know, we were ready for that move. You know, it was not without due consideration. And we just created something that was working for us that we were really excited about presenting. The different format than I've ever experienced for any other 
mm -hmm. uh, you know, permaculture courses. Definitely, it was really, really unique, and it was it was fun. Is this the course that I was part of? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, 20, oh, the 2016 okay. course. Yeah, that was um, for that first one in Chicago. Yep. That was it, oh. and uh, that was, was really exciting that what, what? it went the way it did. Uh, now I was there, so I know what makes it unique. Though that was my first, that was my intro to permaculture, and that was normal to me. <laughs> Milton, would you like to elaborate on that course? Yeah, what well, made it? William said it's what you guys would have liked. How you 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 took it as how you guys would like it to be when when you took them, so the way you would want it. So, well, what was the structure of that? Yeah, they, to contrast it, I think, with the standard structure of a PVC is the residential two-week course, right? You, you yeah, know, really intense, in seven weeks. You know, that you get your uh, however many hours, 82 or something, hour, uh, you know, instructor contact hours. Um, and two weeks is a lot of time to take off from your life for anyone. And then to pay a bunch of money to do that is even harder. I think most people go on fancy vacations. You know, if they're, if they're going to have money to burn like that, they're not going to take a PDC course. But at least that's the tendency. So, so what we did was we put together a, a program where it was once a month for one weekend a month. And in this session, we did six, six or this course, we did six sessions. You know, I think the other thing that made this really interesting is that we front-loaded for each session, students came having read a whole bunch of material ahead of time. And then we had like the lecture kind of stuff done ahead of time that we had recorded, you know, part of that, that working relationship that we had, I mean, meeting like once a week to come up with these lectures. And that really allowed us to have the course time be spent with the students involved and participating, doing things, talking, learning much, I think, more effectively than, than if they just sat through the whole lectures. We already did that. They did that at home. They get to listen to it on, on their own. So I think that, for me, was really the, the thing that was different. William, anything to add to that? Or Yeah, definitely. I mean, actually, that was meeting twice a week. Yeah. for all that time leading up to it. So we'd really developed a camaraderie by then. And, uh, and that was probably, I want to say that was over a year by the time we actually got to launching a course. So it, we'd gotten to know each other and, and hammered out a lot of just a really kind of been through it with each other with different ideas and concepts and trialing things and testing and debating and going through all these different ideas you know, to kind of arrive at what we wound up with, which was something that I think we were all quite reasonably proud of in the end. And we were saying the whole way through, it's like the proof is in the pudding. Let's see what the students come out with at the end of it. And it was amazing. It was just a really, really great experience and just really offloading the lecture part and getting into discussion and unpacking ideas that people had experienced in reading a certain amount of peer learning where people would explain concepts to each other and really wanted to. And uh, so the, the level of engagement was unlike anything I'd seen in a previous course. And so in that respect, it was a huge payoff for me just getting to watch the degree of 
investment and interaction uh, between the students. And as I said, the results spoke for themselves. So yeah, I was really, really pleased with it. Cool. Rhonda, anything you want to add or correct any bullshit they just both said? <laughs> we did work out all the kinks. A lot of the kinks. I, I think we're still working some of the kinks out. I, maybe we will have new kinks to work out at some point, but we, yeah, I think we got to be really comfortable with each other and appreciate our differences a lot. And uh, I think that that makes us pretty special as a team, actually, um, a permaculture teaching team. And, you know, I, the other, just to reiterate, the design work, the, the understanding that the students, especially the first time, you know, you see something, see it have come together the first time, you're like, that was pretty good. And then you see it repeat in the next course and it's like, oh, we're on to something. So I think the design thinking is really solid with this approach and the investment that the students have in each other and in the community has been really wonderful to see. So I've appreciated that a great deal. Yeah. Okay. So the three of you have been working together for quite a while now, actually. How does each one of you complement each other? What about the, what would you have to say about the other two? Start with you, Rhonda. The thing that we've said often about ourselves is that I love to build the house of cards and William loves to poke at it. So I'll, yeah. I'll say we should build it this way, you know, something this way, or this is the way it's always been done. And it will, it's just really good at saying, well, I don't know, what about this? And he, he will come at it from every angle until it's, evolved or emerged into something better and I think I see William you sort of sort of step back a little bit and you're like okay this this part and this and this is making sense and so you sort of harmonize the two of us a little bit is how I see it but you you each also have we all have different interests and skill sets and knowledge sets so that's they're really different and it complements for the most part too so William to some extent yes I, I definitely see in the most blunt of terms I see Rhonda as order Milton as chaos <laughs> and I'm in between trying to synthesize and harmonize those things and make them work and I always look for the interesting parts of both approaches and try to see how we can fit them together and for a cohesive whole and it's interesting because of course I had the unique experience of working just with Milton. And then on the last course we did in Chicago last year, that was just Rhonda and I. And so working with each of them, it's interesting how that the energies balance in such a way. And we found ourselves at various different points through the course that Rhonda and I did together, where it's just like, well, what would Milton do here? You know, and, and trying to pinch hit for that energy one of us would say Milton would say this or Milton might come in with this, you know, and, and trying to add that sort of that little bit of chaos, you know, shake things up, turn it on its back and, and see what comes of it. You know, Milton is kind of, you know, Rhonda and I would be working on Well, what if we do this? What if we do this? And then Milton's the guy who comes in and goes, what if we don't, you know, come in from a completely different angle. And that's really healthy. Milton is great at shaking at anything that is rote or complacent or, 
or standardized, Melton's really great at bringing that energy that causes you to re-examine it from a different angle. And so as such, I learn vast amounts from both of them. Rhonda is such a wealth of knowledge, and as is Milton, but Milton is the guy who comes in and says, okay, well, set all that aside for a minute. What about, you know, what, what if we completely negate all of that and, and try this, and, which I think is really healthy. So as a result, I'm in a great position. I really enjoy being who I get to be in these courses, and I learn a lot. Okay. And Milton? Here comes the chaos. You know, I think, uh, I, I, I try to think about it, and I guess I'd, uh, well, to, I mean, w William is, has a formality about him that he's just, he's just proper. And he, he knows, like, he knows what to do. I guess I don't know. You're and Rhonda, ruining my reputation. Sorry. No uh, one believes it. Don't worry. Rhonda is is just very wise and really knows a lot about permaculture and and kind of different aspects of permaculture. And it's just a joy to be working with them both because it's these two very different energies and they're different from mine. And so so I can kind of be me. I think it, you can't have the other crazy idea if you don't have the normal idea first, right? Or the, the you know, it, it, it just doesn't work. And so I can't do that if it's just me. But when I'm, you know, working with a team and then I can start to get more outrageous and, and start to, you know, kind of get reactions and, and make people think. I mean, that's kind of what I'm trying to do, right? So. Have you learned from them? Though with like, it seems like you have this Williams in the middle, you and Rhonda are like this, let's say polar opposites, but there's this, so it was a little explained, but would you say you'd learn from both of them as well? Because you I have a way of thinking, they have a way of thinking. Yeah, I don't know if I could duplicate their way of thinking. No, but have you learned from them and looked at it from another perspective? I, 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 think, I think that um, I think that we, that we learn to get together from each other mm -hmm. all at the same time. Like, it's not like this, like, I, I can't think of William and think of like this thing that he said that I was like, Oh, you know, that was the thing. But you know, so some of the, like the exercises you bring to it, like, Oh, I would never would have done that, you know, but Oh, that was really good. I like, you know, the, the, um, the spider's web, right. The, the ecological connections. And it's just, it's just something that I couldn't bring. Could you explain what that is for those who are not in this conversation? The spider web is, is where, you know, everyone's in a circle. Everyone's given a different, like, ecological role. And we start to connect those roles together with a string. And so, for, you know, I'm an earthworm. We all have our hands up, correct? Like you're stringing our hands together? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm the earthworm and I connect me to the soil and the soil connects to the plant and the plant connects to, you know, so on and so forth. So that, that was just a really fun game that we did. And I, I think, you know, that really helps people embody and being a different thing when you're this kind of outside observer, you have a different take than, than when you're in the midst of it. And you see the connections, and you, and you see how how everything's connected together, and what happens when those connections start to disappear. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a really cool one where you guys 
you tied us out like, I think we had our hands up. You put the strings on our hands and zigzagged around the, all the people, but then you slowly pulled them up like one off in, yeah. from different areas, and you just saw how things collapsed. So Right, right. Yeah, that was, that's one thing I did like too is a lot of the, the hands-on exercises that we did as well. It wasn't just hours and hours of lecture. For my learning style, that was, it worked really well where, where you changed things up, and we had a lot of activities like that, and that was something I really enjoyed. Lectures can be hard. If you can do a 72-hour, a two-week PDC, that's awesome. It's, for me personally, it's not my learning style. And I think a lot of people who are in my group agreed with that. And just, I know we put in way more than 72 hours too, which to me, I just, it was the bang for the buck was amazing for it really because we put in so much and we had three teachers. Is three teachers normal for a PDC? Depends. Yeah. Okay. It's, the permaculture it's rare that answer. It's one. Yeah. <laughs> it's what? Right. Oh, rarely that's one. You'll, you you will see teams of three fairly often. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It, it's a lot to carry a, a course by yourself, having no downtime, and it's onto the next thing and onto the next thing, and uh, and then for two weeks, if you do it for two weeks, it's very weary making. Oh yeah. All right. Is there anything you guys want to talk about, touch on with the courses? I know you have, a, you have a course coming up, correct? Yeah, we have one that we're going to be announcing shortly um, that is meant to go uh, summer and fall uh, and uh, in this, later this year, in, later in 2020. And a uh, similar format, and that's going to be here in Chicago. And uh, it will be the three of us once again, and this will be the third one that we're doing in Chicago. And a little bit lighter reading load. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. The first two we included uh, Bill Mollison's Permaculture Designer's Manual, which is a very thick and difficult read, and boy, did we hear about it. But this one we'll be using a different book that's a lot easier to read and should make should make it a lot more accessible to a lot more people. Yeah, and that one we will be announcing shortly. Okay. Um, anything else, either Rhonda, Milton, you want to add about that course or anything? I know you said you'll be announcing it soon, but. Um, yeah. If we follow the pattern from last time, it'll be over seven weekends. Yeah. So I mean, it's all day Saturday, all day Sunday for seven weekends. Mm -hmm. And in Chicago, we know that we like working with in-person courses and that personnel connection and community building that happens with that. So, so likely it'll be over two or three different locations. We haven't settled on, on them yet. Okay. Why is permaculture important for people to learn? Well, for me, it's a lens through which you see the world. And it, to me, is a set of tools and design thinking system that allows you to engage in a much more meaningful and direct level with your environment. It allows you to really connect with the landscape and see things very differently in a way where you don't see problems anymore, you see solutions. You see different ways that you can make very small adjustments and tweaks and make things a lot more functional, a lot more beautiful, a lot more enjoyable, while at the same time regenerating damaged systems. And so this is something that changed my life back in 2006 when I first took my PDC, whereas when I 
went into it, I was very much an angry person who you know, tended to find myself by what I was against. And when I came out of the PDC, I, uh, for the first time in memory at that point, I was able to put my head down at night and wake up charged and energetic and happy and really be looking at all the things that I could do and go out and engage in those things and very much revolution by example. So instead of proselytizing from the soapbox about what people should be doing, I just got on with my work and people would come up and ask questions. They'd see me, you know, planning a fruit guild in the front yard and come up and ask me questions about it. That's a very different discussion. And so for me, I, uh, and then engaging with the larger community, getting into intentional community projects and the like, these are things that I immediately became active in and, uh, and see these solutions popping up everywhere. And you see where people are doing these things. You can connect with them and build synergies and networks and, and you see possibility. And for me, that's what permaculture gave me. That's, uh, that's definitely why it matters to me. Cool. Rhonda? <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, like, oh, how do you follow that? Because, <laughs> right? I mean, it's the, yeah, ditto. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm, I'm scheming. <laughs> of course. Um, you know, I think, I think where, where I go a lot these days is that, you know, we live in a world of deeply divided peoples. But people generally are working for some of the same things, really. And when you start engaging in permaculture design process to solve problems and you abide by the ethical constraints that permaculture is founded on, then really it is a way to build bridges between people and strengthen our communities and heal the earth at the same time. And that's the other the other piece for me is that it is time for us as a species to stop fighting and destroying and really engaging in the work of repairing some of the damage that's been ongoing for hundreds and thousands of years and we can do it the techniques and tools are very simple so permaculture does open the door to that for many, many, many people has for thousands of people around the world. And it's something to be proud of, to be a part of it. Milton? Yeah, the, the landscape, the scene out there, you know, in the world, in the United States or, you know, wherever in my state, in your state, whatever, it's, I think it's pretty bad. I think that we're, used to the level of degradation that we see around us. You know, I hear stories about how much more, you know, the, the pigeons that used to fly out the sky or just the amount of trees or how this place was never developed. And now look, here's a subdivision. We're so worried about these things that are out there that are not, not really real. And we have so much disregard for the things around us that actually matter. And I think permaculture is a way to change your vision and to do something about that. These things that are far away, you know, wherever, Washington, whatever's going on, you really have zero, zero way to influence it. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. And it's going to happen and stuff's going to go. But where I live, you know, I can plant a tree. I can learn to grow food and I can meet my neighbors. 
you know, I can make a real difference here. And I think that's, that's what permaculture helps you focus in on the real changes that you can make and it helps you make them. What's one way or a couple ways that you have made a difference? You said you could meet your neighbors or you could do this. Are you doing it? Have you yeah. done it? Apart from, I will say, I'll plug the permaculture course and just say it made a significant change in my life. I've made friends and I know people doing cool things. Um, all from that course, we've all stayed in touch, which is amazing. In your community, where you're at now, let's say, how well, are you? And out, apart from the courses, what yeah. are some changes, things you're doing to make change? So something super simple. I moved to a house. You know, see, here's the house behind me. I'm in it. There happened to be scads of garlic growing in the yard. So much garlic. It grows. It comes back the next year. Reseeds. It's wonderful. And so I ended up harvesting a whole bunch of it. And I started giving it away to people that were walking their dogs outside. The plumber guy came to fix something in our house. I said, hey, do you, do you like garlic? Do you want some garlic? I really love to, to kind of make that connection with people like, hey, this grew in my front yard. Look where you're standing. You look right by where your dog peed. You know, like, say, hey, have you tried this uh, black nightshade? It tastes like a tomato, but purple. And they're like, oh, is that belladonna? Oh, no, totally different. But try it, try it, you know, and I eat one too. And, or how about eating this milkweed? It's growing in my front yard too. You're right next to the garlic. Uh, eat a milkweed pot. It kind of tastes like a cucumber, doesn't it? I really like opening people's eyes to what's happening around them and connecting to things that are it's just happening right in my lawn. And I pick it and give it to them, basically. <laughs> so, William, how about you? So one of the things I'm focusing on right now and experimenting with is indoor growing. And I've been threatening the book on permaculture for apartments for a while. And so some of this is a bit of trialing that, what that looks like. I mean, microgreens is only part of it that's more of a business. But growing indoors and some of the things that we can do to do within confined space within the urban space. So definitely experimenting with some of that right now. And then a lot of the rest of my work tends to focus on the social aspects of permaculture. So for me, that is this intentional community project that we've been working on now for six years, as well as other things that I do to connect with the larger community, which is a citizens patrol, you know, protecting people from, from violence and connecting with them on a personal level. And then also being of service to people who are in recovery and suffering with substance abuse and, and trying to connect them with other things that are going on in the broader world. So these are all little strands of opportunity for me to tie all these things together and try to make these connections. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Rhonda? So I'm enjoying the little free library in my yard because I have the crazy yard on the block. And although there are fruit trees popping up and other things in the, in the neighborhood, I have definitely gone much farther than everybody else. And so having this little free library in like invites people to step actually onto the property. And now I think the next piece that's going to be added to it is a little bit of a kiosk. So we can exchange information in the neighborhood a little bit more easily. So so I'm experimenting and evolving that. And then besides the hospital redevelopment group, locally, 
another thing that I've been involved with, which I want to do more with this next year is something called the neighborhood partner planting, which helps to give away hundreds of food bearing plants each year to people, especially in, in uh, food insecure neighborhoods, helping people understand how to put together food bearing plants, trees, shrubs, and ground covers, herbs that are beneficial to them. And so I'm excited about that project as well. Cool. Is that a project that's just in Indiana or is that a Midwest or nationwide or? Yeah, it's so far it's just been in Indiana. The main collaborators have connected with people in Indianapolis and Evansville as well. But we're partnering a lot with the, we purchased through Indiana Nurseries and Division of Forestry. Some of the stock comes from them. So it'd be state-based at that point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So silly question. Do you guys have a favorite principle? Creatively use and respond to change. Uh, that's my favorite. I interpret it as make room for the unexpected because you really don't know what's going to happen. That suits you so well. I have to tail in on that and take the cheesy way out. That would be my favorite too. Because I always talk about how, to a great extent, that a lot of this is akin to surfing. Um, you know, you're dealing with the energies that are there and making lemonade, basically. So that would be my favorite as well. Surf lemonade. Surf lemonade. Okay. Good. I think my favorite is integrating, not segregating. Integrate, don't segregate. Because I think part of the creating order for me is pulling everything into a whole that works together harmoniously. And so I really like that idea of integrating everything. Cool. We'll wrap up. But do you have any parting words of advice for permaculturists or people who haven't taken a PDC yet or both? William? Take a PDC. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, there are a lot of resources out there. We have uh, a free introduction to permaculture on our website. Costs you nothing. And we've got six different segments on there that we also use in the course. So you can kind of get a flavor of what we do and, and also get a lot of information, you know, kind of get your feet wet, see what you think about it. We welcome your feedback. So again, it's free to take. We'd ask that you just give your impression and tell us what you thought of it or not your call, but there's information there and kind of gives you a little bit of a flavor of what we're doing in the course. If you enjoy that and you want to follow on with us, just watch our website or sign up for our email list, ideally, and we'll let you know about the course when it's coming up. We'll send the announcement out and loads of information out there, loads of free information. We try to put information on our website. You can follow up on and find out more. And then also all three of us are available. You can reach out to us via the email on the website. We're very approachable. We'll answer questions. We're happy to dialogue with you at any point. Rhonda, anything to add? Milton, anything to add? I would seek to challenge your paradigms and do something, create something in the world that kind of pushes against your habits and, and the things around you that seem normal a little bit. You know, don't go too far out of your comfort range yet. But this kind of this envelope around us that it just needs testing and it needs a little bit of pressure to, to see where it will give. Okay. Okay, I have to hop off. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. I'm going to stop the recording.